fadeaway with a hand in his face in the air for the win! Yes, Let's it fly, and Carl Anthony Towns drills it at the buzzer. A catastrophic finish for the Grizzlies. Welcome to the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Your home for the best Wolves talk around. Wiggins spots up there, deep three, he's got it. He scores it at the buzzer to give the Timberwolves the victory. Welcome in to another Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson, and I'm joined, as always, by Jared Good. Jared, how you doing? Uh, doing well. Uh, it's funny, you know, like a couple of podcasts ago, Chris said he was at a turning point, and it seems to be like the Timberwolves themselves are starting to turn the page a little bit uh, this last week, um, playing in some good games and, and playing some good ball. So it's, it's going to be kind of a fun Fun podcast with a little bit more positivity than normal, which is always fun to do. Absolutely. And as always, we are joined by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Like, I, like I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, like like Gabe mentioned, I, or like uh, like Jared mentioned, um, had a turning point. And, I mean, I'll talk about it a little bit today, but there's – I mean, this team is doing exactly what I wished it was. I'm, I'm super happy, and I'm just excited to see what, what we keep doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think off the top, I, I said this in the chat, but as bad as the Wolves are, at least we're not the Everything's Coming Up Rockets podcast right now. <laughs> I mean, could you, can you get worse than the Rockets? I mean, they're not even – think about the Rockets. They're not even young. Like, that. they're not that young. Like, we're pretty young. So, anyway. The youngest. Right, yeah, we're the youngest team in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, so two games this week. Um, we're recording on a, a Saturday this time, so right after the uh, the Portland game, uh, Wolves-Portland, which, I mean, I thought they looked pretty good tonight. And one thing that I noticed was Carl Anthony Towns, I think it was maybe his best game of the season. I mean, he finished with 34 points and looked like the world beater that we all know that he can be. So, Chris, why don't you start out? What what did you see from the Wolves tonight and particularly Carl Anthony Towns? Well, just talking tonight, um, what I really like to see is, you know, since the All-Star break, our third quarters, I mean, I guess I don't have the, the stat line. I can pull it up quick, but – more importantly, just even just eye test and just how it feels. Um, yeah, our third quarter, we outscored them by 10 points. Um, in the last maybe five games before the break, it felt like the third quarter of every game is when we had an opposing player drop 25 points in the quarter on us. Like Booker went for 20-some, and I think Beal went for 20-some in the quarter, and we were just getting run out of the gym – after the after the after the um, halftime, and that's that's switched. Um, we're starting a little slow, but um, you know we're fighting. You know we're fighting hard. I like I like some of the lineup changes. Cat, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the way that our injuries have fallen, um, it's time now. This is the moment, at least for these next seven games until people start coming back. Um, where Cat needs to show that he is the true number one alpha dog of the team. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, and I think we got some other dogs right on his on his uh, doorstep going forward. But he, I think this is a time where he gets to establish that he's the king. Right, absolutely. And, yeah, he kind of did that tonight. I, I've been saying on the podcast for a while that I want to see a game where Cat just absolutely takes over. And he didn't necessarily take over tonight because, I mean, they still lost. But I think he outplayed Damian Lillard, which that's a start. I mean, Lillard, yeah, Lillard still had 23 and 10, but still, I mean, usually he doubles that uh, against the Timberwolves. So, uh, Jer- Jared, what do you think about tonight's performance? Um, yeah, so I was actually going to talk about the third quarter as well. So it's kind of funny that Chris mentioned it, but, um, so yeah, an- another guy that, that had roasted us starting out in the third quarter was Terry Rozier. I think he hit like six straight threes on us and the game was over. I remember, uh, looking tonight and being like, okay, we're down nine at the half. Like what happens in the third quarter? Um, this game, you know, might get out of hand quickly or we might make a game out of it. And we did everything that we that we wanted to see. We made a game out of it. Um, we didn't win, which is fine. You know, we're, we're fine right. right now. Um, but I mean, it'd be nice to win, but we were in the game and it was, it was competitive. And I saw a lot of things that I like to see. Um, I mean, I know we'll have a whole segment about this guy, but Jalen Noel off the bench is starting to look like he can put the ball in the hoop. And, and that's that's kind of a piece that you're looking to see because we've talked about our second unit and, and lacking of scoring. And, and Noel seems to kind of be that that go-getter to, uh, to to put points on the board when, when we are giving some of our guys a break. So I'd like to see that. Um, another thing that I saw earlier in the week um, after the Pelicans win, it was really nice to see uh, Anthony Edwards kind of pay tribute to Rubio because uh, so he got asked about Rubio and he said he's the ultimate ultimate leader, you know, and, and that was good to see a guy, a young guy like Edwards say. So that lets you know that he's he's comfortable on this team and, and he's he's definitely planning on uh, moving forward and being a great player that he's he's going to eventually be. Right, and that's uh, that's encouraging because of the about a week earlier, some of the comments that Ricky Rubio was making were basically saying that this team doesn't have a clear direction. Uh, so yeah, that's that's definitely encouraging for the Timberwolves to see some positive things going on. Well, I think Ricky. that yeah, I think ahead. that's huge. I mean, Ricky's saying that. I mean, he's been kind of doing this all year, and I know I'm a I'm a Ricky guy, so take everything I say with a grain of salt, but um. <laughs> He's been doing that all year. Like Ricky's been saying when like, Hey, we're messing up because of this and including me. And, you know, like, like, like you mentioned, he said, we're not going in a direction. Like he's the guy who's coming out and saying what needs to be said and speaking the truth. Um, And like you said, Anthony Edwards said, he's, you know, the best leader I've ever had. Um, Funnily enough, he, right after he says, other than myself. So I, I love Anthony Edwards, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, we brought Ricky Rubio in, um, as we've talked about many times. A lot of it was for his contract to be able to use in a, in a bigger trade, but um, it it was because of his leadership. Like, we don't have a leader. Carl Anthony Towns wants to be a leader. Um, he, he's not yet, but he's young. Like, that's okay. Um, Ricky has been through the battles, man. He's won – Mm-hmm. He's won championships and, you know, all over Europe on all different levels. He's, you know, been in the Olympics, been in championship games in the Olympics, leading his team. Like, he, he's been through battles. So it's good to have a guy like him on the squad. 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one guy that I saw finally get some minutes tonight that I Juancho Hernan Gomez had a pretty good game tonight. Um, He got some minutes at the end of the game just because they were up 30, which is something that never happens. But he he I thought, honestly, I thought although Mello had a pretty good night, I thought he did a decent job guarding Mello. And I mean, if you can get 10 points and eight boards out of Juancho Hernan Gomez, I mean, that's that's a piece right there. Like, he, he's on a not a bad contract, and I don't know. I feel like we can use him more. What do you think, Jared? Uh, Wancho's just one of those guys that I, I don't know what to do with on this team. He reminds me a lot of Okogi. But one thing that I do like that I'm seeing with using Wancho is I think it – it solidifies Vanderbilt's role more. Vanderbilt's not a guy that that needs to play 30 minutes on this team, and, and let's not get carried away. I love the guy, and he hustles and plays defense, but him seeing his minutes being cut down more, I think is, is going to keep him efficient long-term. Like, he doesn't need to be a guy that plays 30 minutes and gets 8-8 eight and, eight and, you know, I think if we can just keep uh, Vanderbilt in the 20 to 25 range, and I think that's kind of what Finch is doing um, with him is is, is kind of using Gomez as a as a little bit different uh, a little bit different deck of cards when he comes off the bench. You know, he can shoot threes. Obviously, Vanderbilt can't, um, and, and but Vanderbilt plays defense, and and Gomez doesn't play a ton of defense. So I think it's kind of like mixing it up a little bit at the four, and I kind of like to see that. Uh, one thing that I was kind of interested in in the rotations is it seems to it seems to me that that Nas has kind of had his minutes cut down a little bit. Um, he's playing around you know fourteen to eighteen. I'd like to see that tick up a little bit, but um, you know we're still trying to figure ourselves out and see the new rotations under the new coach. Um, I feel like Okogi played good in the minutes he got. I'm still not a Josh Okogi guy, and I don't like to see him still getting minutes, but. Um, you know that I'm not the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, so it's not it's not my job to say who plays and who doesn't. Um, but yeah, I've liked what Finch has done. I think he's kept the rotations newer and a little bit more fresher and and, and more appealing to people that actually watch the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Chris, what do you think? Do you think we should play Wancho more or, or other guys that you think that you like what what Finch is doing or don't like what Finch is doing? What what do you think? Well, I mean Finch. The, the one thing that they came out of the break and um, one thing that I love doing is listening to all the post-game interviews and the, like the practice interviews um, and multiple players talked about accountability. Like it must've been like a buzzword that he really pounded home in his, in his one practice that we got over the all-star break. Um, and it's one of the things that made me kind of like the firing of Ryan Saunders is accountability like at some point this team has to show that somebody or or people are accountable for their actions and the fact we're playing so bad somebody needs to be held accountable um and, and you know you can't cut your players that easily so you know the coach was the guy and that's the way it works you know fair or not fair so at this point we're doing accountability and uh herman gomez is out there hustling like mm-hmm. he's working hard. Like he, like you said on Mello, he didn't block his shots, and Mello put a couple of them in his eye, but he was right there with him. Like he didn't he didn't get you know his ankles broke. He didn't get left in the dust. He was right there, kept his body on him. Um, he mm-hmm. was in there scrapping on a bunch of rebounds. Like 
you know, that's what we need. And same with Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt played 12 minutes today. And he's kind of been doing this. Like, uh, coach has been starting him. And he plays, you know, maybe 15 minutes a game. But he gets the start and just kind of sets the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, 100 loose balls he got to, you know. Three blocks. Uh, what was it? Nine rebounds in 12 minutes. Yeah, give me that. But yeah, yeah, I think I think it's just gonna be a mix till till we figure out a real starting power forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that mix can be good. It's like Jared was saying, it's kind of it's kind of two flavors. You got one who can kind of stretch the floor and maybe hit a three and tack the basket, another one who's just in there to play defense. And then um, you got Jaden, who can yeah. do a little bit of both. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Jaden, and that kind of brings us to the Pelicans game where Jaden McDaniels was Absolutely unbelievable. I think he missed one shot the entire night against the Pelicans. It was unbelievable. Um, and uh, but and the bigger thing though is the Timberwolves. First of all, I want to say that I don't trust the Pelicans at all. <laughs> like I, I don't know what's going on with them, but I feel like every time we play them, they start out hot and then just completely falter. I don't know what's going on in New Orleans, but hey, we beat a team by thirty. I mean, we beat an NBA team by 30, which is which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, Chris, what did, what did you see in that in that Pelicans game? How were the Wolves able to um, withstand the early onslaught by the Pelicans and then really blow them out? So I saw a lot of active cutting. I mean, we were active, and that's one thing that um, that Finch is known for. Like. I, I don't. I don't have the numbers. I usually am the n- guy that does that. But I know every every team he's been to, the cutting rate is like went from twentieth in the league to top ten in the league on just cuts that players make, um, which is why I think Jake Lehman is getting so much run right now. Is that guy's active? He's moving around. He stirs up the defense. You know, like cuts through, and that just kind of stirs things up and makes guys maybe you know, faint one way or go another way in open space. Um, But it was just, I mean, it was like a perfect storm. Like it's hard as much as you can't take a lot out of some of the 30 point losses we had when we are missing three of our starters. It's hard to take much out of a 30 point win when, Mm -hmm. um, you know, our bench shoots like, you know, 90% or something like that. I mean, it was ridiculous. But but what, what I do take out of it is, these young players need some of those moments to get their swagger back. And um, I, I, I wrote off Noel because he had about a five-game span where I think he, from three he was shooting 13%. And, um, and I said if, he's not, if his shots aren't falling, he has zero worth on the team, on the court. And it's still not too far from that, but his shots are falling. So <laughs> then he's got tons of worth. So, mm-hmm. and he's still young. So, I mean, and he's cheap, you know, it's a second round pick. So it's going to be fun to see that. It was great to see Nas get his time. Like you said, um, we saw Nas and Cat play together, which is something that um, I love. Um, and it only can be used when we have, two bigs that we're going up against, they say. But then tonight, Nas got switched on. I think it was – it was one of their two guards. I think it was uh, – I think it was Anthony Simmons. And uh, and, he, and dude put put as many moves on as he could, tried to do a fadeaway, and Nas blocked it. Like, Nas can switch out a little bit, and, and he can move his feet. But 
Mm-hmm. It was good. I mean, at one point I wrote down, we went on an 80 to 44 run. Like <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. But what I do remember is we still didn't get any foul calls. It is staggering mm-hmm. how few calls we get. Um, and I get it. We're the worst team and we're the youngest team. So we haven't earned it, but come on, man. Like if you're a box score watcher, which I know a lot of Timberwolves fans are because, well, why would you waste three hours of your day watching a game? Um, you'll look at Anthony Edwards' line every night and you'll complain about how he must not be getting to the hole because he's not shooting free throws. But, no, he's not shooting free throws because the refs aren't giving him calls. Like, that's mm-hmm. what's happening. It's not that he's not getting to the hole. Right. Um, but, no, we were good. Like, I'm excited for everything that we're seeing, you know, and and when our young guys play good, we can beat anybody. Right. And, and that's, and that was always to to bring back an old wound. uh, That was always the knock on Wiggins is he was never in attack mode or or something like that. Like he, he would never, like he would always shy off and shoot like the mid range and we get, he was great when he was attack mode, but now we finally have someone who is in attack mode basically all the time. And like I, I was talking to my dad, we were watching the game, and he said, and this might be over an exaggeration, but he said that um, that he hasn't seen anyone better just power wise getting to the rim, not necessarily finishing since LeBron James. So I mean that that's high praise, and maybe that's a little bit of exaggeration, but Anthony Edwards, I mean there is power. When he when he gets to the rim, it, when he just dicing through the lane. In fact, tonight that dunk, like that that was that was a highlight reel. Basically, every time he dunks, he, he feels like every time Anthony Edwards dunks, he always at least tries to put on a show in yeah. some capacity, which is which is awesome. And then Josh Akogi tried it before that, and it didn't really go well. But um, so so I want to go back to this, Jared. You wanted to talk about this a little. Um, what? Uh, what what do you think of and I know we talked about this in the past Towns and um, and um, Reed playing together and I know we saw that on against the Pelicans but you, do you 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 think we need to do more of that right in your opinion I mean I would love to see it um, I think a big thing that Chris said um, it kind of is matchup dependent though you know like if you if you got a guy like let's just say the Celtics and you have Jason Tatum playing the four, you can't have Nas Reed and Cat on the floor at the same time. It's just not going to work. Um, so it kind of depends on who's in the game, but um, yeah, if you get a guy like Zion, you know, like in the Pelicans game, I mean, you can, you can have Nas and Cat out there together um, against Adams and Zion, but it kind of depends, you know, like if you get a stretch four, I mean, it's probably not going to be ideal to have Nas Reed being on the perimeter, trying to defend some of those guys. Um, but at this at the same point in time, I mean, when we've tried it, it's worked. I mean, it just it's been in a super small sample size. So um, something I'd like to see more of. But I, again, I think it's matchup dependent big time. Um, but we'll we'll play around. I mean, we're eight and thirty. What do we got to lose? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This is basically yeah. Like you said, it's basically recess. It's play time right now. Just like the games don't matter. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up before we get into the John Collins stuff is the Minnesota Timberwolves did make an announcement um, with the with the um, restrictions being uh, levied a little bit. Is three and starting in April, three thousand fans 
will be able to go to Target Center and starting with season ticket holders and um, and, and then uh, fans will be able to sign up for priority. Um, I just, and this can be quick too, I just wanted to know, would you guys, would, personally, for, for your own, would you be comfortable going to Target Center right now or would you even want to? Or are you comfortable watching the game at home? Just curious. I just, I'm just curious, you guys. Uh, go ahead, Jared. Uh yeah, you know, I mean, not to get into to like a a COVID debate, but I mean, right. I'm I'm pretty much over COVID, and I think a lot of the country is. Um, mm-hmm. This might not be the right thing to say because there's there's been people that have have definitely lost their lives um, from right. COVID or COVID COVID related incidents. But I mean, I'm getting on a plane in in three days and going to Vegas. I, I'm ready to uh, to get out of my house and enjoy enjoy life again. You know, I, I saw the Twins right. are reporting that they're gonna allow 10,000 fans in the stands. Um, and I know the wild are also allowing 3000 fans again, like the Timberwolves starting with season mm-hmm. ticket holders first. Um, but, but life's slowly coming around again. And, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, numbers kind of piling down a little bit on COVID and, uh, people getting vaccinated and, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think that people are ready to, to live, to live lives again. Um, and I hope it all works out because I hate to have another setback because we've been at this battle with COVID for, for over a year now and yeah. it hasn't been fun, but, um, right. definitely looking forward to, uh, to, uh, things opening up a little bit. And I think that, um, you know, fans, they probably won't sell all 3000 in, in my opinion, but you know, you never know. People are ready to get out of their houses. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be lined up out the door to watch an eight and thirty team. Um, would I? Yeah, absolutely. If I if I have time to go see a game, I'd love to watch them. And what about you? What about you, Chris? Would you Would you go to Target Center right now or, or not? I'm not. I mean, three thousand people. What does Target Center hold? Twenty one. Twenty one. I don't know. I was that was a pretty bad guess at forty then. <laughs> so twenty one. Just doubled um, it. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean there's tons of space there. Um I guess for me I wouldn't go just because man if I'm not sitting and and maybe this is just a bougie lifestyle but if I'm not sitting in the first in the lower deck and like the first 20 rows mm-hmm. man I'll watch it at home every day. Like right. I don't want to I don't want to deal with the people. I don't want to deal with standing in line. I don't want to deal with the parking and driving down there or taking the train like Right. Um, I'm going to have to have, and, and I've been lucky enough to sit there, you know, basically cause I've scammed ticket agents, but, um, <laughs> I've, you know, sit in good seats quite a bit and, uh, it's the only way to watch it. And if it's not that I'll watch it from my couch, um, mm-hmm. any day. Yeah. Uh, funny story. So last year it was right before the lockdown, um, I got tickets from the radio station I was working at at the time. They had like free tickets. They're like, yeah, you can bring your friends and stuff. I'm like, okay. Turns out it was it was in the upper deck. Literally, it was like row V, like literally the highest you could possibly go. And I had to like tell my friends, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, they're the worst. Yeah, it's the worst. I got got to see Zion though, and that was the other thing we couldn't move down because it was a Zion game, and everyone just, everyone wanted to see Zion. So, oh, okay, yeah, but so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, personally, I 
I don't know. I'm still like I got my first vaccine part of the vaccine today. Um, oh, congratulations! Yeah, yeah. No, by the way, side note: um, the vaccine places are ran really well. Like they have that down to a T. So kudos to all the workers out there who are doing that because they are the real heroes. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of have an inkling to go, but I don't know. Just sitting there like you said like if i'm if it's going to be like at the top of the target center wearing a mask and i'm uncomfortable yeah i i don't know but for sure for sure next year uh, i think if the wolves were in the playoff push it would be more of a incentive to go but they're not but yeah anyway so moving forward is yeah, it season ahead. ticket holders i think it's season ticket holders that get yeah. out first yeah, it's season ticket holders who have first dibs, and then there you could sign up for priority, um, like priority for single tickets. Okay. Um, yeah, somewhere. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that's on the horizon. That's not till April. I just wanted to get your guys's general, like, if you were dying to go to Target Center, or if if it's not that big a deal. Uh, but speaking of dying to do something. According to um, J- uh, Jackie McMullen, the Timberwolves are dying to trade for John Collins. Quote, Minnesota is dying to have Collins. Minnesota wants him bad. What, what will they offer? I don't know. They really want him. I think there are other teams too, but Minnesota particularly. And then we have this from, um, from the KSTP's Darren Wolfson. Who says that Collins Camp views playing or playing playing next to Carl Anthony Towns as favorable? So my question is to you, uh, and I know we talked about this next week. What would the Wolves realistically have to give up to get Collins? And we'll start with you, Jared. What do you think the Wolves would have to give up, and would it be worth it? Um, you know, it brings up kind of a an interesting point because we're at a point now where we can add a guy like Collins, but can we re-sign him? That's, That's the exactly it. And, and he's only making like $4 million so we can match contracts. And if we are going to trade for him, we're going to sign him. So that means that that money is going to have to get shaken up a little bit. Um, I think if we trade for Collins, I think we'd make multiple moves at the deadline just because we're going to be looking to get rid of some salary. I mean – I don't know. I mean, can it work? Absolutely. I mean, we can easily match this $4 million contract, but right. can, but what assets can we give up that they would be interested in? Um, I don't know. Would you be looking at a guy like Vanderbilt? Would you be looking at a guy like Noel or McDaniels? Probably maybe one or two of the three, just because other than that, you're going to be looking at draft picks and, and that doesn't necessarily excite me unless it's in the second round. But um Right. Can we trade for him? Absolutely, we can. But I think that there would be more behind the scenes work with a deal like that, making sure that they extend him. And I just don't know if the money would be there until the offseason, which he could say, I want more than you ever expected me to. And then you're stuck with this trade that you made and you kind of have to pay him. Right. Chris, what do you think? I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, I don't know who this uh, the first person you quoted as, but um, one thing I do know about the Timberwolves organization is they keep a lot of stuff really tight to the vest. 
Um, so I doubt they're leaking that they're dying to get Collins. Um, yes, I'm sure they would like him. You know, that's great. And Doogie, you know, you know, very respected guy, went to my high school uh, a couple years ahead of me. So I remember seeing him as a high school kid. Um, he, uh, you know, the, the quote of, yeah, they'd be favorable. Like, well, that's not like, how is that even news? Like, <laughs> come on. Like, oh, yeah. So he'd like to play next to an all star. Yeah, of course. Like, he'll play anywhere that's going to pay him. But like Jared said, the, the money's not there. Like, the only way to do it is Rubio's going to have to go somewhere. Um, other than Atlanta, because you can't send $17 million for $4 million. So that won't work. So Rubio is going to have to go somewhere. We're going to have to get back no money for next year. So it would have to be trade him somewhere. And all we're getting back is a one-year contract that, you know, is done at the end of this year. Um, and that's not even going to bring us close to enough. So I don't know, man. I would like to see it work. I just don't know how. I think the only way it works for Collins in Minnesota is if we call his bluff on him wanting a max or near max and say, okay, well, you go find you go find this max deal as a restricted free agent. And I think I don't think teams will give it to him. And then we'll be able to get him for 17, 18 million. I think that's the only way he works out here. Um and even at that, I mean, that's going to be tough to 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 eat under our salary cap. But mm-hmm. to get it done, um, like I said last podcast, I don't think we're going to have to give up that much because he's a rental. And like you said, once once this season's over, he has his value. Like you're not getting any value because you're 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 paying him value. You, you know, his contract is his value. So it's not like you're getting a deal at that point. So you mm-hmm. might give up, uh, you know, some seconds and, you know, maybe, I mean, if I was Atlanta, I would take a shot at a guy like Culver. Um, Cause I wouldn't, if I was Minnesota, I wouldn't trade him McDaniels. You know, I, I mean, if they wanted Vanderbilt, I'd give him Vanderbilt. Um, but I would take a shot on a guy like Culver if I was Atlanta and just hope it works out. And if it doesn't just don't pick up his options and let him walk and oh, well, and, and one yeah, thing about, I don't know how it'll work. And one thing about Atlanta is is they hate Collins. And I don't know if it's them them as an organization or if it's because Trey Young hates him, but those dudes don't get along. And I've said that for the last two or three podcasts now. Uh, and his minutes have actually been cut a lot lately. Uh, Gallinari's getting almost – almost eaten into almost all of his minutes. Like he's playing like 20 to 25 minutes and, you know, he's pissed off. He wants to get out uh, and they know it's going to happen. So it just needs to get done, whether it's to us or to a different team. But an interesting note about the Hawks right now is under Nate McMillan, uh, they are four and oh, since the hiring of Nate McMillan. Nice. Well, like you said, you know, you said they don't like him. Um, So this is what they did last year. So they, they trade for Clint Capella, which is instantly like a guy who's going to be taking some of the touches away from John Collins. And then they signed Danilo Gallinari for three years at $20 million apiece. So that's saying that, okay, this guy is going to be a significant piece of our thing. So he's a power forward taking from John Collins. And then they go and they, and they get um, a Kongwu in the – in the first round, you know, so it's like, 
you draft a guy high in the first round. So now you're you're using all your assets you had to replace a guy that's on your roster that's supposedly a near all-star. Like, yeah, there's definitely some weird things going on with Collins in Atlanta. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be very surprised if he's a Timberwolf. Very surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I almost – I wish what I could do is, like, take – I wish I could swap contracts. I wish that I could give Aaron Gordon's contract to him because yeah. then, then we could take him on and, like, just trade Rubio, and then it's just – and then that's a done deal. It's this whole, like – it's like, why are you renting a player when you're 9 and 30? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, And that's what the whole league is saying. We're buyers right now, which is what they're really surprised at. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just – I, I think it's just the attitude of Rosas. He's just a buyer in, in like general. Like that's just what he does. And I don't know. I also I think we're buyers by default because other than Rubio, we don't have a lot to sell. <laughs> I right. mean Well, and we're and we're buying for the future. Like we're not buying right. like Carmelo Anthony, you know, to try right. to make a quick push. We're buying guys that are young, you know. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love that, I'd love to see Carmelo Anthony here. <laughs> I, I, I'm just watching him tonight. I forgot his his step back jumper is something of legend. Like yeah. I love okay. Melo play. I was a, when he was in New York. I was a huge Melo guy. I, um, I watched the uh, Trailblazers. I mentioned this last week, but it's probably no two weeks ago. I watched the Blazers in the Hornets game, and that then I went on my spiel about how much I liked. Mellow ball, but uh, Carmelo Anthony absolutely destroyed in that game, and it was really fun to watch. It was on NBA TV. It's actually the first time I've ever seen an NBA team come out in full court press, and they did it for like six minutes pretty effectively with with Miles Bridges off the bench. It was just kind of fun to watch. Um, but anyways, yeah, uh, Carmelo is always fun to watch. Dude just gets buckets. So do do we all agree on the Carmelo train that he's a Hall of Famer for sure? Um, I think. Or- yeah, I think he probably is going to be a Hall of Famer. Well, yeah. because remember, it's not NBA Hall of Fame; it's Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's so true. So, yeah. as as a, he's got, he was a legend in the Olympics, like setting records for how he's played in the Olympics, getting gold medals. He <laughs> took his he took Syracuse as a freshman um, to the championship and dominated, and I then he went in Syracuse. When he took Syracuse to the national championship, I believe they were four or five seed. They were they were not a high seed. So I mean, he ransacked through that whole entire tournament. Right, and then he goes on and he holds up his end of the bargain in the league. And just, I mean, I, I'm not a big ring guy. Like, I mean, they're important, obviously, but sometimes that shit doesn't work out. You know, sometimes your players are no good around you. Yeah. Like, it's not always on you. And and yes, he's not the best team player, but like you said, he gets buckets. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I mean, like like they were talking about in the night's game, he's still like tenth in the league at scoring all time. Like yeah. that that's pretty impressive. And a guy who's not necessarily like 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 a Steph Curry, like thought of as a three point shooter, he's more of a two point kind of guy. That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Like yeah. yeah, to to be third all time in scoring. So yeah, that that kind of puts the a wrap on uh, the John Collins talk for this week like you said i don't know it feels weird and that's why i was so excited about aaron gordon because i thought okay here's a guy who's going to be here next year um so yeah yeah one thing 
One thing that I thought was cool with some trades that went on was the trade that OKC did just, um, what was it, yesterday or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so yesterday, yep. They got Jared's guy. Uh, what's his name again? Um, Which one? Man? I like both of them. Svee Mikhailuk? <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, so they get, they get Svee. Um, who's just a you know knockdown three point shooter, hustler, solid guy, and he's young. And then they get a second round pick from Detroit, and I, I believe it's Detroit's second round pick, and that's dang near a first round pick. So mm-hmm. I mean that's a late a late first basically, which is a great value. Um, for I can't say that dude's name either. He he Diallo, <laughs> who who's fine. Like that guy's fine, um, but. I don't see him unless he develops a jump shot dramatically. Um, I don't see him being much more than in than like a you know role player kind of guy. So, so okay. See him. The thing about him, uh, not to cut you off, but um, you know, <laughs> you know, I I like Hamadi Diallo, and and the reason why I liked him is, and this is going to get into kind of like a fantasy talk, but. You know, when players get injured and players come off the floor, usage rates change. And he excelled when he was on the floor without um, without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and they had a whole bunch of COVID things, and he was like their only dude, and he rocked it. But at the same point in time, you're never going to be put in that situation in Detroit. Now, granted, Detroit doesn't have a ton of talent, but mm-hmm. you're not going to get – the same usage rate out of a guy like that all the time. So I actually kind of agree with you at the time being, um, I kind of liked it for both teams, but I think you're right. I think OKC got the better end of the deal solely because the two players, like when you take them, they're both, you know, sixth or seventh man. Neither one of them are going to be a starter probably ever in this league unless there's an injury. So they're both role players and and OKC picks up a, a early second round pick, which is a nice move. And mm-hmm. and the guy like like um, he, I'm not gonna Hidalu Dalu I just can't do it. <laughs> um, so like you're saying, he he did he played very well when he had his usage up, but like that's not gonna be his role on a playoff team. You know, on a playoff team, if you've got a playoff quality lineup, he's eighth, ninth, tenth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your speed, you always need a guy who's just a flamethrower. You know, you need a guy who's going to come up and just jack up shots. And then made a whole career out of it. (laughs) Right. So that's exactly the kind of move that I want to see Rosas do right now. Like I would have taken that package for Jared Culver. If you would have given, if I could have given you Jared Culver and you would have given me a proven NBA three point shooter, that's a hustler and um, an early second round pick, I would have taken that in a heartbeat. And that's exactly what I hope we start doing because if we're truthfully going to go star hunting, like Rosa says, we need those second round pick guys. We need guys on cheap contracts to play multiple years to fill this roster up because you need to fit, you need 12 to 15 guys on your roster, like no matter what. So those guys count towards your salary cap. And if you can have them counting towards your salary cap at 900,000 opposed to league minimum veteran which is like two million now like that's a huge win Mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like the wolves kind of have they've been successful in having those guys like a jalen noel or a nas reed kind of dean mcdaniels he's still on his rookie contract um and he's a late first yeah absolutely yeah so yeah and i feel like yeah they've been successful and if they can keep that up 
um, they can even be more success- successful. So uh, let, let's kind of go broader into like the NBA as a whole, which we kind of been doing anyway. Uh, so I'm just going to ask you guys straight up, and we'll start with you, Chris. Where do you think that LaMarcus Aldridge ends up? Because it's not going to be in San Antonio. I think the only way he ends up anywhere other than San Antonio is if they buy him out. Um, he's making about $25 million right now. Jeez. <laughs> it's not that easy to move $25 million when you know it's just a rental. So mm-hmm. you have, you'll have to find another team – that has a guy on one-year contract because San Antonio is not going to take back a long-term bad deal just to be a good guy to LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, like, they're, that's not their game. So, I am i don't know, man. I mean, if, if they buy him out, he, you know, look at the top of every playoff bracket. That's where he's going to go to, one of those squads. But um, I don't know. Like, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't think he gets traded. I'll say that. Really? Okay. So you I, think the only options buyout? I think so. It's just hard to move twenty five million when when mm-hmm. it's just for a rental. Like the Lakers don't have twenty five million to give away. Like I mean, because their contracts, like we've said before, are all tied up in their stars. You know, like that's mm-hmm. a lot of money. You know. Mm-hmm. Jared, what do you think? Um, yeah, so I agree, um, with Chris, um, not going to play devil's advocate here. It's, it's too much money to move, uh, in a trade, but a team that I think that would be interesting for him to, uh, be added to would be a team like the Toronto Raptors who have the biggest problem in the entire league at, at center and, and power forward outside of Chris Boucher, who comes off the bench, but they they're starting Aaron Baines. And tonight they started Aaron Baines, Stanley Johnson and Deandre Bembry as their three, four and five. Uh, that's a team that's in a lot of trouble at the forward position. Uh, I think that would be a, a playoff team that could add them. It'd be interesting to keep an eye on the Raptors um, come trade deadline time, because there's talks about them wanting to move Lowry uh, I know Philly's interested, and it, it's just one of those teams that, like, they're good, but they also have a lot of holes in their lineup. Like, so if you add Aldridge to a team like the Raptors, I think it would be a good fit, but it also depends whether or not they want to keep Lowry and, and Van Vliet, and they're just injury bug. Like, they have so many guys that are hurt and that are not that good at the power forward and center position that I think it would be a good fit. And something mm-hmm. like that could work. Like it could be a three-team deal. Like it could very well. You could, if you've got three teams involved, you could move, you know, Aldridge to Toronto, and then, uh, and then move, or maybe even four teams, and then move. You know, uh, man, I'm uh, low, low, Lowry to um, Philly. And then you'd have to shuffle some pieces with some draft picks and like, get some compensation going around to other teams. But, yeah, maybe if it's three teams, you could you could make it work. But, yeah, trades are going to be – man, like you said last week, uh, Gabe, the NBA trade deadline is must-see must TV, man. Mm-hmm. It is so much fun, man. They do it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I said, like I said, I remember um, when, at the radio station I was working at, there was a board meeting – and I came out, and it was, like, right, like, peak when the trade deadline, like, ended. And I, I came out and found out that we were the proud owner of D'Angelo Russell, and I lost my mind. I was so <laughs> happy about it. And, and more. I don't know if I was more happy about that or that we were done with the Wiggins experiment. 
<laughs> like I, I was so, I was so happy about it. But so, who do you, who do you guys think? Who here? We'll do this. Who is one guy that you can almost guarantee um, will be on another team after the trade deadline? And what team do you think that will be? Uh, we'll start with you, Jared. Like, who's one guy that you guarantee will be on a different team after the trade deadline? That's such a tough question because I could easily say John Collins because I know he's going to get traded to, to who yeah, I have right. no idea. Um, right. But I'll, I'll try and figure out someone else. Uh, we'll pass it over to Chris and see what he's got. Okay, okay, go ahead, Chris, if you got someone. All right, some guy that's going to be moved. That is a tough one Um, because, like we said, it's so wide open. I think – you know, I, I think it makes sense for Lowry to be gone. Um, mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for Kemba Walker maybe to be gone. Um, yeah, I mean, John Collins is the answer um, because <laughs> right. he's because there's he, he there's no reason for him to be where he's at. Um, and I I can see him going somewhere like if if I was OKC. That's where I would. That's what I would do because they've got. Um, man, I'm having a bad day with names, but who's their? They've got Al Hortford right now. That dude's not going to be there for long. Um, if they can bring in John Collins to step up as a pick and roll big to go with Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, they've got plenty of money coming forward. They've got plenty of draft picks that they can send over there to make it work. Um, I could see that being – that's probably the most logical place, but I don't know. Their their GMs, I don't know what his mood is, so who knows. I think mm-hmm. I think I got my guy, and it might not be it might not be the best the best pick, but um, I, I think what the Hornets are doing is really interesting, um, solely because they're a very competitive team right now. And they don't have room for Ball, Rozier, and Devontae Graham to all play. So uh, I think that depending on who you wanted to give up, um, I think it would probably be Devontae Graham. But I think you could sell him at a pretty high price right now because he's been pretty proven in the NBA. Just something to keep an eye on. Um, I've kind of been following the Hornets more (laughs) in the past week than I ever have. But uh, interesting team, to say the least. Yeah, and my guy, I don't know. I think I don't think that Aaron Gordon is going to be on the Magic after the trade deadline. I just, I, I think his 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 deal is too tradable, and someone is going to come because, uh, like like we've been saying, the the Magic are in a huge need of a point guard. So I feel like someone's going to shelve out a point guard that they can plug in, kind of make because, like we said, ten teams make the playoffs this year. Help them make that run to the playoffs, and I could see Aaron Gordon um, as a piece on another team uh, going forward. So that, that's my guy. I think Aaron Gordon is out the door in Orlando. Out of He's he's going to for sure be traded by in 365 days. That's for sure. Like anywhere between now, he's not going to – I mean, he's got one year left on his deal. He's not going to be an Orlando Magic at the end of the year next year. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that call. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's move forward. Uh, I think, Jared, I think it's time for – we we haven't been able to do it uh, the past couple of weeks because we've been so uh, waterlogged with stuff to talk about. But let, let's do uh, – what what people in fantasy should people be looking out for? 
Uh, yeah. So the white, the waiver wires are extremely depleted now. Um, pretty much in every single league that that anybody's in. I mean, I've looked for for ads all week because I got some guys that are hurt and injured. And in fantasy basketball, you can't have that happen. Um, but one one player that that I think I would mention. Um, this could be you know, obviously deeper leagues, but that, that Okiki guy from uh, the magic, if you see, if you see, uh, if you see Aaron Gordon get moved, I know he started last game. He didn't do a whole lot, but uh, he's a talented player. He's a, I think he's a rookie from Auburn, uh, probably a second round pick. Cause I don't know a whole lot about him, but he's going to see minutes. Um, he's going to see, he's going to see some usage. Um, another guy, um, uh, I'm really just kind of targeting trades right now because, like I said, there's so many depleted guys. I mean, if if Emmanuel quickly still available in your leagues, you can add him. But I mean, I doubt that he is. Uh, Saban Lee from the Detroit Pistons. I mean, I don't know. He was he flashed really good um, a couple weeks ago, and then uh, Delon Wright got healthy. Dennis Smith's out with COVID, so you're looking at another bench player there. Um, but other than that, you know, there's just there's not there's not a whole lot left. Uh, Aaron Baines is another guy you could look at, um, depending if he moved, if he gets moved in a trade or something. Yep. One thing that I think is interesting is now that I know Jared Good um, does have an official Joel Embiid voodoo doll, um, <laughs> and, he, and he and he and he took Embiid out so his boy can get the MVP. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do for a couple of weeks at the big spot in um, Philly. Like, are they going to give it full on to Dwight Howard and let him run it full time or, or what are they going to do? So, I mean, I think that Bradley guy is, there's a Bradley dude there that I think plays, plays. Yeah, in he, he actually started ahead of Howard um, in the, yeah. in, in a couple of games where, where, uh, where Embiid was out, but I mean, I, I've just looked at him too much and, and he, now he's playing behind Dwight. Um, Dwight, if he's available is, is a solid ad for three weeks. I looked in both my le- leagues earlier today and he wasn't there. So I was kind of pissed, but you know, it, like I said, the waiver wires are thin right now. So yeah. uh, I think the best, I, I, I said this since the beginning of, of our entire podcast, but just keep an eye on news. I mean, if you get, if you get guys that are injured or hurt um, another guy, if you're in desperate need of a guard could be a guy like Campazzo from, from the Denver Nuggets. Uh, he gets some run. You could even add Gary Harris. Um, I don't know how long he's out for, but he's injured. You know, you're going to see guys that are injured that if you're in a good spot, uh, you can, you can place on your bench and, and hope they get healthy. Uh, a guy like Cam Reddish is probably available because people drop these guys that are actually pretty decent, but they, they don't have the roster space for them. So um, I would just say to make sure that if you have injured guys, put them on your, on your injured reserve and, and go hunting for some of their replacements, because that's going to be your best value at this point in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, make sure to hit them waiver wires and see what you can do. All right. So looking forward to the Timberwolves uh, week coming up uh, as always uh, pretty tough. Pretty tough coming up. Uh, we tomorrow night, or I guess when you're listening to it tonight, um, we we got the Trailblazers at home. Uh, then we got the Lakers. No, is Anthony Davis back, guys? I can't remember. No, he's not. Okay, so more winnable, but 
I don't trust that with LeBron. Uh, and then we got the Suns, and then we got the Suns. So, to be honest with you, I don't necessarily see a win here. <laughs> no. Um, unless, I don't know, unless like LeBron, Unless we shoot 80% from three again? Right, yeah. Unless LeBron like takes the night off, and even then, I don't even know if I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he said it's go time. So I guess uh, what it let, let's since we probably agree that there's probably not a win in there. What are you looking for from the Wolves or Chris Finch? Basically, what are you looking for from the team this week? And we'll start with you, Chris. So one thing that I thought was really interesting is after the All Star break, one of the things that they kept saying was um, the main thing that they added was defensive principles. And they really changed their defensive principles. And and I heard multiple people say that, too, um, in the interviews, which was kind of interesting knowing that Vanterpool is still on the squad. Um, so maybe, maybe there's more reason why he was looked over. Um, because right after we changed these, quote, unquote, defensive principles, we've had two games that we, well, one we won and one that we took to the wire. So... Um, it's just going to be interesting to me is just to keep watching these teams compete. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys now are fighting for fighting for playing time. Like Jake Lehman was buried. You know, Ryan Saunders had him buried, had no interest in him. Um, ever since Finch came in, I mean, he's starting. He's playing big minutes. Um, guys like Noel, you know, this is a fresh coach to impress, you know, show that he deserves minutes because in a little bit here – we're going to get our quote-unquote star players back. Like, D'Lo's going to be back soon. Beasley's going to be back soon. So when those two come back, who's not going to get run? Like, are you going to sit Noel? It's going to be hard, man. He's playing well. Are you going to sit, you know, Lehman? He's hustling and playing well. Like, it's going to be interesting to see just going forward how this roster – and, I mean, let's not pretend we've just got a luxury of riches here, but, I mean – we still need to develop these guys. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And and like Culver, when Culver comes back, like I was saying earlier, when they said there you have to hold people accountable, are we really going to do that? Like, are, are we going to say, okay, it's time that Josh Okoge doesn't play. Like when, when, when D'Lo comes back, Josh Okoge, hey, man, wave your towel, be a great team guy, but – you know, we're holding you accountable for the fact that you are petrified to shoot a layup. Like, mm-hmm. um, so many times he's had wide open layups and he's kicked it out. Culver, you haven't, you've proven that you are not NBA quality. Sorry, you're on the bench for the second round pick in the same draft. You know, like, people need to be held accountable if you're going to say it. So it's, that's what I want to see is if who steps up, who tries hard, and if we're going to really hold people accountable for their play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, Jared, what are, you, what are you looking for from the Wolves this week? Uh, yeah, so we got four tough games. Um, what I'm actually looking forward to is the two games against the Suns, um, solely because we played with them for three quarters in the last meeting, and then we got completely blown out in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that's a team that we actually match up pretty good against. Um, now, Chris Paul is my guy, and you guys know that. Um, and, and he just finds ways to win games. But 
I'll be in Vegas for both of those games, and I'm going to throw 10, 20 bucks on the <laughs> Timberwolves to beat them uh, either the first night or the second night. I don't know what night it'll be, um, but, but but I'll find some good odds there. So so I think that that's kind of a fun way to look at it for me. Uh, you, I'll probably get seven to eight to one odds on Timberwolves' money line in either one of those games. So uh, that, that's something that I'm actually looking forward to uh, just to see if they can beat them because I think they match up really well against them. Uh, so that's the game. That's the two games that I'm looking forward to. I think both are on the road, but I also don't think the Suns are that much of a mammoth of a team to where they're not beatable. Um, Cause we've played with them for three quarters. Another interesting thing, like looking around the league, like, so when we, we wax the Pelicans and the Pelicans aren't a great team. Don't get me wrong, but like top to bottom, the league is still pretty damn good. Um, so, so after we beat the Pelicans, the Pelicans absolutely wiped the floor with the Cavaliers. They beat them by like forty. Um, but not to say that 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 the Cavaliers are any good. But like I think it just shows like how good this league is, top to bottom. Um, like you had the the Detroit Pistons almost beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight, which is is kind of unheard of. Uh, and then Harden just decided that he was going to call a game and, and actually win that game. But you get teams that like are going to be in good spots and have shots to win. And, and we had one tonight. Like, like let's, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. The, the Portland Trailblazers, I think are what the sixth seed in the West and have, have been your surprising team. I know that we talked about that last week, Gabe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we played right with them. We had a shot to win that game. Um, so I think that's my biggest takeaway is while I don't expect to win any of these games, I do think that, we'll be in them because I don't think we're that much worse than the other four teams. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I'm looking forward to is the levity that comes after this game, after these games, because next week we got Thunder Mavericks, Rockets, Rockets. So, I mean, when the two worst teams in the league go after each other, someone's got to win. We need, we need some losses out of those. That's too many wins. We can't have that. That's true. That's true. Well, guys, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Jared, thanks so much for joining us. As always, uh, I'll miss you guys next week, but I plan on having a little fun too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't don't worry about us. And Chris, as always, it's been fun. Let's do it again. Awesome. And uh, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. This is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast, and follow on Spotify. And as always, go Wolves.